Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage. for many guests. 
and uh, this is one of these shows that your participation makes it better. I have plenty to say, but you don't want to hear me drone on about anything for two hours. But if you've got something to say, uh, I give you a voice. This is a show that is about us. It's about people. It's about our freedom. It's about our inalienable rights. It's about the things that we're willing to do to get them, protect them, keep them, and hopefully pass them along to the next generation or two. The Human Solution is a civil rights organization. We were founded almost 10 years ago because of a pot case and another pot case and another pot case and another pot case and it turned out there were a lot of pot cases and it turned out that people didn't know how to fight people didn't know how to rally other people people didn't know a lot of things so we decided to pull together create an all-volunteer grassroots organization ultimately turn it into a 501c3 and raise the population up teach people how to do these things We've come a long way. Uh, we have many chapters now across the land, into Canada, in a lot of different states. We've literally just launched three chapters over the past uh, month or so. And uh, we're spending a lot of time to help these new chapters uh, get a foothold, to get strong. You know, there's something, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these graphics that show uh, um, together solidarity. You know, you got the one with the fish, and you got a bunch of fish swimming around, and a big old fish is chasing around eating them. And then the next image is all the fish get together, and they form a giant fish, and they chase off the big fish. There's another one, uh, uh, the ants, and the ants ball themselves up, and they jump up into the anteater's snout, and they become such a big ball that they choke them out. And uh, it happens when a group of people get together, and the group is large enough, and the group has a mission and a message that's clear enough and loud enough and, I don't know, makes sense on some level. We can do anything. And that's what this show's about. So if you want to help out, participate, um, share a story, um, ask a question, give a comment, this is a place to do it. This show is brought to you by the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network, and we're very grateful to have a place to do this. Um, right now, I think we're the only show that's airing regularly on this network. However, uh, there have been and likely will be again soon, uh, I don't know, seven or eight different shows that have been uh, programmed for a long time. If you want to call in, if you want to participate in this show, you can pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. And if you're listening right now and something comes up and you have something to say, hang up, call back, and our amazing screener, non-compliant Mary, will ask you a couple of questions, and she'll put up a little 
tagline that tells me if you want to talk, if you're just there to listen, and I will be able to know what to bring, you know, who to bring up and, and what they're planning on saying. Uh, today we're going to talk about legalization, and we're going to talk about the, the dark side of legalization. We're going to talk about uh, the number of cases we have in so-called legal states. Uh, if you're living in a legal state or a legal country and you have a story to share, please call in and share. I've got a number of stories to share, but we'll see how that all goes. Again, I don't have a featured guest today, so we'll run the show until we run out of material. Um, I've got probably a good 45 minutes of material I want to discuss, and the rest is all you. Um, we got Albert Thomas our chapter coordinator from Hawaii, and he's got some things he wants to talk about. we got Glenn Keeling from Ohio, our new chapter in Ohio, and he's got some things he wants to talk about. And we got Mike Harris has got an update. In fact, let's go ahead and bring up Mike. Um, Mike's got a case going on and um, out of the city of Fontana, California, and Fontana's got a, a very harsh ordinance and with the help of, uh, well, we'll let Mike tell the story better than me. And here we go. Mike, welcome to the show. I understand we have an update on your case. How are things going? Well, uh, things are going good, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Uh, today oh, was day one. Today was day one? Yeah, yeah. Yes, today, today was today my we... uh, first court appearance uh, with the lawyers and uh San Bernardino County Courtroom um, in front of uh, Judge Cohen. And uh, basically you, it was a... Um, why don't you give us a little bit of a of a background? We have a bunch of new listeners that are not familiar with your story, and this is exciting because it's a, a proactive situation rather than a reactive situation. You could. Well, yeah, well, uh, you know, as most of you know, I'm sure the uh, California passed Proposition 64 um, in November of 2016. Fontana was uh, preemptive in writing ordinance that uh, basically made it impossible for anybody to um, want to grow their uh, personal growth that is guaranteed now by the state. You can't uh, ban or stop somebody from growing their six plants. The only thing the state says is it has to be reasonable. And the, so the, the city wrote the most unreasonable of ordinances, and I didn't like it. I spoke out at the planning commission about it, and I also shared their ordinance with people because I heard that maybe DP, the Drug Policy Alliance, which was the co-sponsor of the initiative, was going to back up their initiative in court if there were cities that tried to thwart, you know, citizens' rights. And I kind of drew the golden ticket on it. And uh, today was the the first uh, day in court. The basic arguments were, I guess, in general, the, uh, whether or not my lawyers could uh, uh, de- depose um city employees and, you know, find out, uh, you know, where they came up with the idea of why uh, an ordinance would, you know, be what it was, why it would cost so much, you know, and basically call them out on the claims that they made 
they made um, some spurious arguments, such as um, no volatile gases can be stored in uh, the grow room. And one of those was uh, oxygen. You know, I'd be darned, but I, that kind of, uh, I, that's like 20% of the atmosphere. So, and also they, you know, which, you know, if, you know, if we had chemistry, oxygen by itself is not flammable or explosive. It ha- it's a potentiator for other things to, to uh, cause fires, as well as they well, included carbon dioxide. Oh, so, juice. Yeah, you know, carbon dioxide. So, you know, hide those Coke cans from your children because, my God, they might explode. Yeah, if you shake <laughs> them up, sure, but... Yeah, you know, and the, the the city does not basically does not want any kind of sunlight on what they did. They just only want to argue the merits of the ordinance. And so, you know, it was basically kind of a housekeeping thing like that. And my lawyers will write up a uh, some sort of a, a motion on that, and then they'll talk about it at. Uh, a later date. So they set a hearing for March and we'll be meeting again. But yeah, we uh, struck the first blow today and it's on. I had lawyers from uh, uh, the American Civil Liberties Union as well as uh, O'Malbanian Myers. Drug Policy Alliance wasn't there today. Of course, they're located up in Northern California and they'll probably show up when it gets start to get busy. But, you know, my guys were there, and uh, Best, Best, and Krieger was there, along with um, people, the lawyers coming in just to be in court, just to hear what was going on. So it was interesting, short but interesting. Now, this is actually, on some level, really important because typically when one of these civil cases happen, uh, the judge before it even gets started, has an opportunity to throw it out as a frivolous case. So the fact that that did not happen and the case is moving forward is is huge. I, I didn't think it was going to happen, but it could have. And, you know, there's a, a you know people talk about, oh, I'm going to sue this person, I'm going to sue that person. But just because you want to sue somebody doesn't mean, you know, especially when it's a, an, a, an entity, um, you don't always necessarily get that opportunity. No, I'm I'm not suing for money either. You know, no, I'm not exactly. in it for any money whatsoever. It's just for now. Of course, if the city loses, they have to pay, you know, my lawyer's fees. And but you know, it's it's basically my tax dollars, anyways. You know, w- along with everybody else's, the, the city really doesn't uh, incur any kind of uh, uh, penalty. The um, the thing is, though, yeah, they they could throw it out, but oh, they haven't, and you know we're going to be arguing on constitutional grounds, and you know my lawyers, you know, really feel that we have not just a case, but a very strong case because of um, what the the city has done. So, you know, we'll see. Well, one of the things that that these cases are so important, um, it. It's obviously important for the the facts of the case themselves because obviously uh, you know it's going to affect you and, and the city that you live in. But the thing that 
a case like this does, which in my opinion is maybe as much or maybe more important, is that it lays a template for others to follow. And, you know, Best Best and Krieger is a formidable uh, law firm that represents cities all over California. I don't know how far their reach is, but I know that they have a reputation um, and cities hire them fairly regularly to represent them. And if and when, I should say, you deal them a blow um, of this nature, I think that it's going to set the course for a number of lawsuits to happen, and I'm, I'm certain that that was part of the case, part of the, the, uh, the plan of this whole thing to begin with. Yeah, Drug Policy Alliance has, you know, uh, really weighed that in, and <clears throat> they know that there are some really onerous uh, ordinances up and down the state, you know, and the, just as an example, the city of Fresno um, has eliminated any ability for someone to grow within their uh, own home. They rewrote the um, ordinance to make it sound like the law said that they could have an outbuilding instead of uh, your house. You know, and, and it was clearly they're just parsing words, but they basically eliminated that. So, you know, it, all somebody has to do is basically, you know, go down and uh, file their own case, you know, you know, and this will be somewhat of a blueprint for it when, you know, when we're finished with it. And unless, unless of course, it goes all the way up the chain and say we lose um, in court and then it gets appealed and we win, then it becomes published. And that would be the worst case scenario for BB and K. I'm sure they wouldn't want that, but yeah, we're we're um, we're aware of it. Well, Mike, so that's great there's, news. There's, um, yep, we got Craig yep, I know it on is. the line now. Gonna go ahead and yield to the Craig. All right. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Mike. Right. Once again, Mike Harris, board member of the Human Solution, and. Um, he is a member of this case in Fontana, and uh, it's exciting to see a proactive case. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Good, good. Good afternoon, Joe. Been a busy week, uh, week for marijuana issues, I hear. Oh, <laughs> God. It's, it's what they call in California a clusterfuck. It's, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's about as... Uh, as turbulent of a situation as ever could be. We've got uh, senators and congressmen battling out with uh, the, the U.S. Attorney General. We have laws that are supposed to allow things but really don't. We have, uh, you know, people scrambling uh, in California trying to uh, qualify for licensing, many of which never will. Um, you know, it's it's funny, uh, the, these legalization measures actually limit, it, it will actually decrease the number of small businesses that are engaged in marijuana activity. Um, they're going to have to yield to the bigger ones that have the money to pay for all these fancy licenses. I'm hearing a bunch of complaints, even from, uh, well, Vic, as you well know, up in Oregon, that they're knocking out the, uh, you know, the little custom, you know, uh, marijuana growers, the really experienced, you know, uh, people, 
in favor of the Walmart style you know, uh, marijuana growers, the mega growers. Oh yeah, you and, know, uh, it's crazy. The there there is a down in the desert out here in California. There's a city called Adelanto, and they have passed an ordinance that allows for uh, licensed marijuana cultivation and manufacturing. But um, there was already a raid in in Adelanto on a on a uh, manufacturing facility that um, there wasn't even a license yet, so they couldn't have operated with a license. But our our state law already did allow for certain things. They were raided and, and taken out before the law even passed or, or before it was even enacted. And then there's a gigantic grow. I think it's 33,000 square feet of, of uh, you know, growing area in a warehouse, and it's um, funded by some uh, NFL players or ex-NFL players. And there's not enough power in the city of Adelanto to turn the thing on. So... And, and it's, it's, it's hilarious because Adelanto is in the middle of the desert. And I don't know if you've ever been to a desert before, but there's two things in the desert, a lot of sun and a lot of wind. And guess what you can make electricity out of? Oh, yeah, sun and wind. But nobody had the foresight to say, I know, let's make some power so that we can grow some pot. And it's just crazy. I heard you hear some good marijuana news today in the news. Oh, yeah, what's Apparently that? The, uh, the legislature of New Hampshire is poised to vote, uh, you know, rather than allowing their uh, electorate to vote, the legislature is uh, poised to vote to make uh, New Hampshire the ninth recreational marijuana state. So, well, I, it's good news as long as it, you know, makes its way through. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's funny. It's a double-edged sword. It's just, what's happening is what I said was going to happen. What I've been saying was going to happen for the last 10 years, and one by one, states are going to get on board, and then the feds are going to fight back, and there's going to be some bloody messes for a little while, and eventually there's going to come to some sort of a reckoning. The problem is, and, and, and the problem is going to continue to be, this is not a, a pharmaceutical drug that you need a lab that, you know, in order to make. You don't need PhDs. You don't need high-tech equipment. Um, anybody can grow pot, and no matter what the law says, when the law said nobody could grow pot, guess what? People grew pot. When the law says some people can grow pot, people still grew pot. Now the law says other people can grow pot, and people are going to continue growing pot. And the problem is, is this black market is going to continue on. But the problem, as I see it, isn't that. It's that as these laws pass, more things become illegal than actually become legal. Because what they allow, whatever law gets passed, they say, you can do this, but not that. And they quantify not that. And in many cases, many states that they've had on the books forever, laws that say, oh, you can't grow pot or you can't have pot or you can't sell pot, but they've got some sort of a, you know, you can have a reasonable amount, an ounce or less, and it's not a criminal act. What happens is there becomes more ways for you to violate the law when they clarify the law. And what, what happens is, is you get all these small businesses. For example, 
I have a number of people I know that, that have small businesses. They make extracts, they make products, they grow, they whatever. They're, they're you know, pot people. In California, up until January, you could operate a pot business on some level and consider yourself compliant, so much so that you could win a case in court. But now that we have this law that says if you don't have a license to do this, you're committing an illegal act, there's very, it's very difficult for those people to get community support when they violate this law, even though it's a bad law. And I, I'm struggling with it right now because I've already had people that have come to me with cases, and they say, um, you know, I was following the law, and then all of a sudden this, this uh, recreational law passed, and now what I'm doing is technically illegal, but I don't have any way to afford the licensing, so I'm still going. And something goes wrong, they get busted, and then you go and you try to rally community support. You say, hey, this guy, this guy, you know, got a pot case, and, you know, let's get around him. More and more people say, well, you know, if he was just following the law, um, none of this would happen. And then the other thing that happens, and then I'll, I'll yield to you, Craig, and this is the part that really pisses me off. You know, I've been a pot grower and a pot consumer and a pot extractor since 1982, so I'm not that smart and I can't do the math, but it's a bunch of years. And then all the time I've been doing this, I never ratted on anybody ever for anything. And I don't give a damn if somebody's growing pot next to me or, or extracting or making things or whatever. Hey, good for you. But what's happening with these licenses is the people that have them are so invested in them, it kills them to see somebody operating without the license. And these sons of bitches are ratting on the people that don't have licenses. And to me, if I find out that somebody... Uh, that has a license, rats on somebody, anybody, for any reason, I will out the fuck out of them. And I will make a point to let everybody know that these bastards are rats. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you got a license, the other guy doesn't, let the, let the law enforcement figure that one out. That's not your business. Anyway, that's my two cents. <laughs> well, speaking of rats, just wait till the month, uh until they get one wayward prosecutor. You know, I'm kind of expecting that now that Jeff Sessions has essentially untied the hands of all the prosecutors, you know, to go after all the different pop ventures. Well, which is now, what, 29 medical marijuana states and eight recreational marijuana states, if I have my count right. It's a bunch, yeah, and it's just getting more all the time. And, yeah, it's, it's some easy pickings right now. If they want to, you got billboards on the side of freeways. You got giant ads all over the internet. If you wanna, you wanna find a victim, um, and they're all violating federal law, every single one of them. Um, it wouldn't be hard to find uh, somebody to to pick on. Well, uh, and as you know, is unfortunately, I think that that's going to be the end to the uh, to the cure. Is if we have. You know, one renegade prosecutor that just starts prosecuting marijuana stores of any sort, uh, be they, you know, recreational or marijuana or uh, uh, medical. But if we have one wayward prosecutor that starts going after a bunch of those, I think that'll bring up a bunch of U.S. congressmen that'll push 
before the U.S. Congress to say, you know, all these marijuana bills that we've been here for 30 years, we need to put one of them up for a vote. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Congressman on the record. I, I absolutely agree. There's already a number of congressmen that are taking very uh, tangible stands. I, I've, I've heard that a number of them have uh, vocally said that they're not going to um, recommend any of the new appointments for uh, Deputy AG, that, and there's dozens of them that need to go through. Um, but they have to be they have to be approved by the committees, and the members of these committees are saying, "Screw you! I'm not going to do it." And um, you know, I think the other side of it is, it's gonna it's gonna be a bloody mess before it settles down and figure gets figured out, because one of them's gonna get hit. There's gonna be I mean, there's already stores getting hit in Colorado. Um, there's there's been you know they've been doing it here and there for a long time. But then again, like I said, they go through and they say, oh, well, this was illegal. Um, this one wasn't following. This one was interstate trans, you know, transporting, whatnot. But here's the thing, and this is, you know, the hypocrisy of it all. For everybody who has a problem with the, uh, the people that are not following their state law, all you have to do is look at the Controlled Substances Act of the federal law, and it clearly states that every single one of us is violating federal law. And federal law is clearly the supreme law of the land, and there's not any way to dispute that, even though there should be, and Tenth Amendment should matter. Clearly it doesn't. And that's what we're up against. So the hypocrisy of this whole thing is is just stunning to me. Well, what I see, though, too, is if they push these things forward to... You know, make the Congress have to vote and make them have to take a stand. I mean, even the conservative Republicans, you don't have many in California, but I think you have a couple of them. We've got Dana Rohrbacher. Yeah, we have Dana Rohrbacher from Orange County, one of the more conservative counties in California, and he's the guy that drafted uh, one of the major pieces of legislation, the one that we were supporting for so long, um, and did a big campaign to get, uh, you know, to get support for. So, you know, it only takes a couple. Just like everything in the world, there's only a handful of people getting anything done, and the rest of them are hangers-on or, or holders back. And if it just takes a couple of these congressmen to step up and do their damn job, their job is not to uh, uh, make judgment calls. They're, they're their job is to represent their constituents and pass and, and repeal laws accordingly to their constituents' will. That's their job. But how many of them do it? You know, they're all damn hypocrites. That's the thing is they're, they're afraid of alienating even the smallest group, and they, they really need to stand up and, uh, and make that stand, say that this is what they stand for. And like I say, I think you'd be hard-pressed to have any congressman from California vote against it. And, uh, well, you know, I mean, and, your state we're, very strongly favors marijuana, yeah. We're starting to get some statistics in, and, you know, the statistics about the taxes that have been collected, and as much as I oppose the high taxes, it's the one thing that, you know, the, the elected officials can hang their hat on. Look at all the money they're bringing in. And... 
you know, it's one of those things that if you look at the states that have passed recreational especially, um, you know, the sheer volume of, of revenue that's come into the state as a result is, un, is irrefutable. And it's not just from, you know, a week or a month. There's many years of data that's been collected now. So, um, you know, if we could get a, a list, a, a detailed report that talked about the amount of lobbying that each congressman has by the the tobacco companies, the alcohol companies, the prison guards, I think we would all understand why they take their stand. There's your first beat, Craig. I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, that, that's where, you know, I want to call on that there's all these investments now and all that to put up money behind uh, investments in grow operations and retail operations and all that throughout the country. They're trying to, to find money for them. Put that money into making it legal. First of all, making it legal to gather up all that money. I mean, have the people with the big bucks and the big voice get behind the Congress and say, you know, it's time to make a stand on this. You, you can dance around it all you want, but it's time to make a stand where... Every congressman has to vote, and they have to go on record with that vote and say, "This is where I stand." And I think that would be that would be our key to unlocking uh, prohibition. That would be the end if they act. And there goes Craig. Fifteen minutes. We get him for fifteen minutes every time. I apologize. I kind of stomped on his conversation a little bit. I shouldn't have done that. Um, well. Um, we got a lot going on. As you can see, the the law in California passed. Uh, there's temporary licenses been issued. I have people approaching me all the time, asking me questions about licensing. I wish to God I had the same amount of people that were interested in licensing that would be interested in helping me in prohibition. I don't give a damn about having a license. That's never been one of the things I found important. I don't have a license to breathe air. I don't have a license to drink water. I don't have a license to, I have a license to go fishing, which I shouldn't have to have, but I do. Um, there shouldn't have to be a license to grow pot. I don't have a license to grow anything else. It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand why the voters are so easily duped. I've been just said earlier today, you know, the world's full of tards, and unfortunately that's making the tards look bad, and I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just calling things as they are. People don't think, and they don't give deep thought to things that matter. They don't give deep thought to things that affect them and everybody they know. And I don't mean nobody does. I mean not enough people do. It's the second week of the year, and I wonder how many people took the effort to uh, talk about, think about, generate some sort of a New Year's resolution. And I wonder how many people have kept that resolution. Here it is just a couple of weeks into it. Probably a decent number started and probably a pretty small number are, are still staying with it. Each one of us that are listening today has 24 hours 
and every day when you wake up and when you go to sleep. Most of us have two hands. Most of us have two eyes. Most of us have two ears and one mouth. There are exceptions to that, of course. But we are all pretty much evenly footed when it comes to our abilities. I listen to people uh, chasing dollars. I listen to people uh, trying to protect themselves. I listen to people bitching and whining and moaning about everything everybody else is doing. Um, and I see very little positive effort from very many people. As I've said before, this year we're going to be focusing human solution effort on the people that are actually, you know, kicking it in and, and, and wanting to make a difference out there. And those of us that are taking it serious are, are focusing our attention on that. We're not at focusing our attention on getting likes. I don't really care if I get likes or not. What I care about is that enough people are actually getting this message that makes it worth giving this message. Um, I care that enough people are affected by this show to keep doing it. I care that enough people are affected by the human solution that it's worth continuing it. Well, so far, I'd have to say absolutely, without a doubt. If we help one case significantly in a year, it would be worth the effort of having this show or, and having this, uh, this organization. If it was just one case, one person a year, I would say keep going. If we ever went a year and I didn't feel like we helped anybody, I'd have to reevaluate. Maybe we weren't needed anymore. But every single year goes by and more cases come up and every single year goes by and more people uh, are, are getting hit and, and uh, attacked by the government and need help. And every single year, a handful of us rally together and use the tools that we've learned and teach others and we make a difference. Year after year, week after week, month after month, we make a difference and it's worth it. And that's why we do this. That's why all the volunteers, my, my, my amazing team, and the team that's growing, um, it's, it's unbelievable the value that this effort has. When you listen to somebody who's been affected by this organization and you listen to the heartfelt gratitude, um, to be in a spot where something could be hopeless, to be in a spot where you're all alone, to be in a spot where the people that you thought were stood by you didn't, to be in a spot where your own family turns their back on you, friends and family turn their back on you, and that's every single person that's ever been arrested and charged for pot crimes, with almost no exceptions. Case after case after case, my case is certainly no exception to that, um, I hear the same stories. I got busted. I got out of jail. Number one, I got stuck in jail. And then when I finally got out of jail, most of the people that used to be around me didn't want to be around me anymore. The people that said they supported what I do were nowhere to be seen. And that's the kind of thing that happens all around the world. But we know that. 
we know what's going on. And we also know that if you have one person or one person that you have as a contact and they represent a team of people that have been through this and understand it and still care, hell, that's a resource that just doesn't exist. That's a resource that's got value, that's priceless, and that's what this is all about. I have a call that I want to make. Okay, There's a handful of people in our national organization. We have a board that's uh, five members deep, uh, or six members of a small board. And we have a small executive team of three of us. And there's very little outside help. And we have a lot of jobs that need to be done, could be done. And um, I understand we have uh, Pete Yapel stepped up, and I guess he's going to uh, step in as our secretary, which um, is fantastic, and we'll be able to vote on it next month. Um, and that's really exciting because that's the first time we've had uh, somebody step into that position that I think is actually going to take it seriously and show up and do it. And I say that out of a little bit of frustration. It's an important job. That's really probably the easiest job we have. You know, show up at a meeting, take some minutes, file a, a statement of information once a year, and you're secretary, okay? But we've had one, two, three, four, five, six secretaries, I believe, over the last nine years. And not one of them ever really seemed to take that job seriously enough to um, stay with it, uh, with the exception of Patrice, who did a good job for a while. But she's got a lot going on, and, and we weren't able to, you know, she still helps filing things. So, so Patrice is amazing. We love her. We have a... Uh, executive team that's holding a lot of hats right now. Um, I, as CEO, I do more than just a CEO's job. I'm a radio host. I organize just about everything. I'm part, I'm part of everything that the Human Solution is doing for the most part. And I do that by choice. I think that this is some of the most important work I could be doing. I could volunteer for any organization in the world easily. Hell, I could stop doing this and go work for somebody else and volunteer my time. be the easiest thing in the world. And I could put in more time and it would be easier. But I don't think it would be more worthwhile. I really think that this is one of the most worthwhile ways I could ever spend my volunteer time. And when I donate my time, it's an important donation. It's something that I take seriously. It's a tithe. It's something that I see as the most important work I could be doing and it's work that needs to be done. And I don't do this very often, but I'm asking for some more help. We've got three new guys that have come aboard, and I'm really excited, and I'm going to keep talking about it because it's the first time we've had such a, a, a influx of growth since uh, a couple of years ago when we had some growing pains. And we got Pete Yaple, and he's going to be coming on to talk in a minute. we got uh, Glenn Keeling from Ohio, and he's going to come on and talk in a little bit. we got Albert Thomas. Uh, from Hawaii, and he's going to be talking for a little bit. Um, and the three of these guys have come forward in the course of the last couple of months, and they cover a lot of ground, and they come from different points of view. Um, and I think they're going to bring a, a, a huge depth to our organization that we've desperately needed for a little while, and I think it's going to make a giant difference. But what we also need is to get momentum. 
one thing that you find out with with um, any volunteer work with being an activist is that the laws of physics apply universally. Um, you know, gravity is gravity wherever you go. Um, universal laws of thermodynamics, universal laws of hydrodynamics, objects in motion tend to stay in motion. There's uh, there's laws of momentum. All of those things are very important, and objects at rest tend to want to stay at rest. And if an organization, whether it's an all-volunteer organization or a funded organization, stops moving, it's really hard to get moving again. And that's one of the reasons that even when we were going through growing pains, it was of the utmost importance to me that we kept moving, that we kept doing the show, that we kept um, supporting anybody who, who, who needed the help, that we kept moving forward, even if it was at a snail's pace, keep it moving forward. Well, now that we're starting to pick up some, some momentum, one of the things that's happened historically is that uh, you start dropping balls. The handful of people that are doing anything end up starting to do more. And there's never a shortage of people that come in and they have an opinion. There's never a shortage of people, the, the forwarders, I call them, the people that will say, oh, I'm going to help, here's a link. Go read it and tell me what to do. Um, there's no shortage of that. There's no shortage of ideas. Oh, you know what you should do. But there is a shortage of is doers. This is not a sprint. All the people that want to get famous, whatever, get famous. This is a marathon. One of the most important things that anybody can do in this movement is to care to care about the bigger picture, to not be worried about some little tidbit of it, but to more focus your energy on the bigger picture. What's going to help us get to the big picture? And to keep showing up. You show up whether you have something to say or not. You show up whether you're tired or not. You show up if you don't have the money or don't have the energy. You just keep showing up. And that's what makes the difference. That's what has made this organization, I think, unlike most of the others. And I don't, I'm not here to bash any other organization by any stretch. I, I welcome everybody supporting in every way they can. But I think one of the things that makes this organization unique is that we've always got a core of people that show up, come hell or high water. My dad died last week. I'm still here at the meeting. My mom's sick. I'm still at the meeting. My car broke down. I'm still at the meeting. Whatever. Go through and list all the excuses why people don't come to things and why don't show up for things. And I can tell you that my core, the team that matters the most right now today, they show up. And I'm asking for one more person to show up. Actually, two more people. I need one person that I can just have step up and want to help. I have research that needs to be done. I have a lot of things that need to be done that I just don't have the time to do. And I think that if I had one person that could be an assistant, be a whatever you want to call it, be a be a trainer, trainee, be a, a volunteer, just a true volunteer, whatever it is, there's enough things that I can't ask my executive team to do because they got too much to do already that I could use that help. We've got a lot of projects work in the works right now, 
and a lot of things kind of sit on the wayside because I don't have one person that I can count on to do a bunch of tasks. So I'm looking for somebody to help with that. And the second thing I need, I need a membership coordinator. I have my vice president who I wish could be a vice president, but she's busy being a membership coordinator because we don't have a membership coordinator. So I need somebody that can, it's a simple job. The job is when new members come aboard, prepare a package, get it out to them. Make sure that everybody that supported this organization gets what's coming to them, gets a little uh, acknowledgement, gets uh, chapter packages, get, you know, I, I'm mailing out chapter packages because I don't have somebody that can do that. And I think it's if I could just get these two people to step up at a time where we're building momentum, where we have more and more people, we have an, an audience that's increasing. Um, the audience on this radio show, hell, has increased, uh, I don't know, five times, I think, over the last uh, six months. It's, it's doubled, doubled again, doubled again, and doubled again. So there's people listening. I just need two people to come and help. If you're willing, come find me. Give me a call. 951-436-6312. All right, we're going to start getting into some guests. i got one other comment I want to make. Um, as we're going through, most of these cases that we're fighting are in, case, in states where there is some sort of legal um, access. And um, I have one of my people that is uh, fighting a case in Colorado right now. And there's all kinds of people out there. The movement's a big movement, and the people, trust me, if you are being successful, if you are accomplishing anything, if you are making a difference out there, you'll have people that don't like you. In fact, if I thought everybody liked me, I would get out there and be talking more because I would say I'm clearly not being effective. You know you're effective when you got people that hate you. Simple. It just means you're reaching more people. There's enough of a diversity out there of people that for everyone that thinks this, there's somebody that thinks the opposite. For everyone that thinks that's important, there's one that thinks the opposite's important. God bless them all. I don't care. The point is, if I didn't have any haters right now, I would be out there working harder. But I got plenty. And the thing that's important about that to know is who gives a fuck? Okay? Let the cards fall where they may. Let the actions speak. The action that you accomplish, the things that you do, that's your body of work. That's what matters. Somebody doesn't like the way you do it. They don't like the way you say it. They think you did this or think you did that, but aren't willing to go and figure it out. And to hell with them. I had somebody that I care a lot about, one of my chapter coordinators, somebody who's been working really hard to help out one of the cases, but one of the, some of the people that are involved in this case don't like me or don't like this organization because of something somebody said or did. And she told me, I had to defend you. I've been defending you. And I thought to myself, what a colossal fucking waste of time. And I'm sorry, I'm a little tired today, so I'm sort of turning my PG conversation to an R. But what the heck, I, it's a podcast, I can do that. But when she told me that, I, I had to defend you. I thought to myself, don't waste your time. I didn't say anything because, you know what, if it makes you feel good to stand up for somebody, go at it. But the work we do does not need a defense. We don't need to de defend ourselves. 
against the people that are supposedly helping. We need to defend ourselves against the government. We need to defend ourselves against law enforcement. We need to defend ourselves against the prosecutors that are locking us up. Take your time and defend yourself against that. Don't worry. I'm okay. I don't have feelings anyways. So you don't have to worry about hurting them. All right. Let's see. We talked about... Okay, I got one more little thing. And then I'm going to kind of turn it over to everybody else. I have a friend... Again, I kind of briefly mentioned this this person who's working in the industry, was anyways. He was attending some little events, and uh, law enforcement came through one of the events and says, if you don't have your business license or some seller's permit or something um, to justify your thing, we're going we're gonna to seize all your crap. And so he said, well, you know, it comes to me. What can I do? And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'll tell you what you can do. Help the human solution out. Help us in case you find yourself in need of us. But I guess that's too much. So he needed a, a contact for a lawyer. I gave him a contact for a lawyer that I know very well, a lawyer that represented me at one time. Um, he's a good guy. But now I guess he's spending most of his time doing compliance work. And he called the office of this attorney. And that attorney proceeded to tell him, listen, here's what your fears are, here's what your questions are, here's what your thing is, and here's the way it's going to be. If you don't have 11 to $12 million to put into your business right now, walk away. You're not going to get a license. You're not going to get crap. There's some little loopholes around it, but basically rethink your position. If you're not prepared to put big money into this right now, don't take up my time. I'm going to charge you $500 an hour as an attorney for consulting, and you will not be able to accomplish the things you set out. Well, he was grateful to be saved the time and hassle of going to an attorney and paying all this money only to find these things out. But when he said that, I was sickened. I also have a number of people that I know, I mean many people, more people than I could probably count, that need cannabis medicine all over the country, all over the world, for God's sake. And for some reason, there's some kind of an equation that I keep seeing, and maybe it's just the people I know, maybe the people that are gravitated to. But it seems to me that the people that need the most cannabis have the least amount of resources to get it. And this law and all of the laws that are taxed and regulate make it cost prohibitive for a person on fixed income to get pot. And that's all there is to it. And there isn't any way through it because if you look at the tax schedule that your state has when they pass a, a legalization measure, there's a tax for growers, there's a tax for uh, distributors, there's a tax for manufacturers, there's a tax for the dispensaries. Everybody's taxes takes a tax, and guess who pays for it? The consumer. And when you stack up all these taxes and they end up being 30, 40, 50, 60 percent, it takes a very relatively cheap medication and it makes it unaffordable. And then when you go and you tag all of the testing and this and that and all the other things, and I'm not against testing. I, I think it's a good idea. But for God's sake, 
since the dawn of man, since the beginning of time, there has yet to be a single fatality because of pot, period. And it doesn't, that includes moldy pot, and it includes pot that had pesticide on it, and it includes lousy pot, and good pot, and good oil, and bad oil, and, and BHO oil, and, and good ethanol oil, and, 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 and everything. Nobody still died of pot. And somehow we've allowed this to happen. We've allowed there to be these brutal taxes and brutal regulations that are commiserate with something that doesn't exist on the planet right now. It's more taxed than gasoline. It's more taxed than wine. It's more taxed than they they told us. We're going to regulate it like wine. When you look at the excise tax for alcohol and you look at the excise tax for cannabis, guess what? It's not like wine at all. That's my problem, and and frankly, I'm not quite sure the answer. It's 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 just the way it is. All right, we got a whole bunch of people on the line to speak. And remember, if you are online right now and you're listening, and you told non-compliant Mary that you just want to listen, and somebody's saying something that you find interesting, and you go, Ah, I got something to say. Hang up. Call back. Tell Mary, she'll put you in. All right, let's go ahead in order. Um, I think we got Glenn Keeling up first, then Albert Thomas, Pete Yapel, then Tom Corby. And we got plenty of time for everybody right now, so go ahead, Glenn. Glenn Keeling is our newest uh, chapter coordinator from Ohio, our only chapter coordinator from Ohio. And... Um, his wife Peggy is suffering MS and is uh, uh, it's, it's a heartbreaking situation as a result of a case um, where he was actually following his law. The government has made it to where his wife can't take medicine anymore, and the MS systems have been or symptoms have been debilitating, and it just crushes me every time I hear uh, her make a comment. Uh, talking about the pain and anguish that she's dealing with because she doesn't have access to this medicine. And that's one of the reasons we're out here. That's one of the reasons we're doing this, and that's certainly one of the reasons we support Glenn and Peggy. Glenn, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Joe. How are you this evening? Oh, I'm <clears throat> a little fired up. <laughs> All right, huh? All right. Uh, you know, was listening to you, and, and you know something that, that kind of struck a little is is we're always going to need human solution. Even if even if they go ahead and federalize marijuana across the board and just let everybody have it 21 and up, we're still always going to need the human solution international because, you know, it, this is not just a marijuana group. This deals with all aspects of the human, human solutions, whether it's trafficking, uh, sex trafficking, human trafficking, uh, civil rights, um, but right now the main focus is the, the, the marijuana because there is a lot of people, a lot of people that are suffering. You know, I, I see it every single day. I get up and I see the horrors of not having the medicine. <clears throat> and it just, it tears me, I'm telling you. And it's not just in the household that we need this. It, it, you know, it's the little girl down the street that's suffering from 
epileptic seizures. It's a little boy across town that's, that's suffering because he's got fibromyalgia so bad that he can't hardly walk. You know, it, it, it's sad that they have condemned a plant so bad that it, it, it's a criminal to cure yourself. Or even, Some of these diseases are not cured by marijuana. It just it puts a Band-Aid on it. You know, and, and that's that, that's a sad thing. We're not allowed to band-aid ourselves because of this plant. You know, uh, <clears throat> we're going to do it's everything one, we possibly can. What's that? One thing that, that I want to I wanna break in for a second and and expand upon. Number one, um, you win a prize because you get it. Um, when you start talking about the human solution and, and what we're really about, um, the very few people have come to me, a handful have, but very few people have come to me and, and gotten that. We're, we're not a pot group at all. We just are taking on this battle because it's so friggin' ridiculous. It's, we're a civil rights group. We're a human rights group. We're about uh, championing our inalienable rights of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness that have been taken, stripped, squandered, stomped, um, and we 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 almost don't have any more. And it just so happens that this cannabis prohibition is such an egregious uh, demonstration of of violating civil rights that we've jumped in on that. But you're right. right. When prohibition's completely over, we're always going to be standing there for the underdog. We're always going to be, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of poverty. There's plenty of hunger. There's plenty of of slavery that still exists today on so many levels that we got plenty of work to be done. And that's the right, first thing. The second is, and we're going to talk about this in our new show as we develop it a lot, but when you talk about a, a, a curative and a, and, a, and a symptomatic relief or a Band-Aid, as you called it, if there was a drug that simply made you feel better, no matter who you were, what your situation was, and it did nothing else. But the caveat was there were no harmful side effects. If there was a drug that I could push through the FDA today that had that and only that value, I would be a multi-billionaire in no time at all. The problem is that drug happens to be cannabis, and it's already been targeted as evil. But that's the truth of it. Medicine is something that improves your quality of life. Some medicines heal you. Some medicines make you feel better. Some medicines uh, uh, leave certain symptoms or others. But that's the definition of a medicine, something that improves your quality of life. And so for even everybody who thinks it's recreational, whatever, you're medicating yourself and you're not acknowledging it, you have a right to do that. Um, you know, in in the case of MS, where uh, it may not cure MS, but it allows for um, mobility, it allows for uh, the ability, a, a pain, a, a, a less pain in the existence. It, it might uh, make the TMJ go away um, for a period of time. It may stop courting. It may stop all these different aspects of MS. And I only even know this stuff because I know some people that have had it that have benefited from it, um, that, even though it's symptomatic relief, is powerful stuff. 
You know, if there was just a drug that you could take a pill for it, everybody would be taking that pill. That's right. It's there. just a better, it's just a better quality of life, you know, and, and that's what it comes down to is it is an absolute better quality of life. Whether, and you're right, even recreationally, even recreationally, and and you know, people miss that that recreationally, it still heals. Whether you feel that you're getting healed or not, there is some ailment. Every single person, everybody, and I don't care who, you could be the most healthiest person. You have something that smoking, eating, drinking, ingesting this plant will give you a better quality of life. And that's just the bottom line. You know, it's and that's what it's about, is having a better quality life, whether you're using the plant recreationally or you're using the plant medically. You're not going to get away from the fact that it's still a medicine, whether it's recreationally or it's medicinal, because there's the same quality that is in med- medicinal is in the same quality that is in recreational. It may not just be as high and it may not be as potent, but it's still there, you know, and, and that, you know, and that is what people, you know, I, I know you, I can't say you people, but a lot of people do miss that, that recreational is the same as medical because every single person has an ailment that they're suffering from. You know, it may not be on the surface and it may not be a noticeable thing, but you're, you're, you're ailing from something, you know, and it, and it's just down. The older you get, the ill. That's for damn sure. Right, right. Whether it's, whether it's that arthritis or even you know you're groaning to get up off the couch, that's an ailment, you know. And, and every single person, and you know, in the, the latest polls that just come out, seventy six percent of the adult population of the United States agree with marijuana. Period. Whether it's recreational or whether it's medicinal, 76%. That is over three-quarters of the United States. If we could get all those people together at one time doing one thing, it would make this plant so much better for everyone. <clears throat> you know, um, well, I can you more. Um, I know that uh, you got your package um, for your chapter. Yes, yes. I want to see if you could take a picture of it so I can get it out there. One of the things I'm trying to do right now is build some momentum. And um, like I said, we've got three new chapters. We've got, you know, dozens of chapters that are out there. But I know that what's happening is as the light's shining brighter, the chapters that have been kind of sitting around not doing much are going, hey, hey, wait a minute, what about me? And and the people that are, I'm, I'm getting uh, an influx of, of inquiries about participating and, and about participating in, in these chapters, and I'm getting people asking, hey, what's going on over there? Um, and tomorrow, hopefully, you guys can all join the executive call because I want to, I want to. now that we've all got packages, I want to I want to start uh, really setting up a plan. Um, but, yeah, if you could share a picture, that way I can, you know, I, I'm awful proud of what's going on right there. I, I think that what you guys are doing and what Pete's doing, what Albert's doing right now um, just demonstrates that, you know, this grassroots, um, method is unstoppable, and it's one of the most powerful things out there. Even though it's not funded, it's not um, by not being funded, it's not beholden. 
and it's right. it, it remains pure and organic. And those that help get to guide it, get to direct it. Uh, anybody who's ever sat in on one of our board meetings or or has voted realizes that every single member of this organization has a voice, and you can help direct the the you know the the ship. So, anyways, um, I'm I'm excited. Any any more? I know you have a gag order on your case, but uh, is there anything uh, that we can uh, do to help out right now with uh, with what's going on? Um, we just we we could use a lot of uh, in court support. You know, showing up in person. Um, both of our we both have a pretrial conference scheduled for the 17th, which is next Wednesday. Um, mine is going to be at 9 a.m. and Peggy's is at 2 p.m. Um, court support is, is the the biggest thing is the is the best way anybody can show any support at the moment. Um, of course, we we can't discuss any of the detail. We can't discuss anything that's going on in the, in the case now. You know, and and you know, I'm I'm but finding out that you're right. Yeah, yeah. If they gag or if you, they put a gag on you, you've definitely struck a nerve somewhere that they don't like. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah, court, court support is 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 the biggest thing for anybody that's going through this uh, proceedings. You know that anybody that's facing any kind of charges um, for this plant is uh, court support is the biggest thing, and then it's showing up and letting them know that you know well these people aren't alone we can't really you know bully them we can't do what we're trying to do that's the that's the biggest thing that that uh right now that we could use because everything else man you guys are <clears throat> the human solution has been the biggest support that we've had so far um getting the message out there um becca doing that press release for us that you know that that was huge and that has gotten a lot a lot of attention well, we we got you know like I said a, a pretty dedicated team and uh, you know it's it's exciting when when you are going through a case and all of a sudden you see an article written about you um, it lets you know that you're doing something right I think and and so let's let's make an official call to action here we got uh, seven days a week from today um, we got a couple of hearings going on in Ohio if there's any way you can participate, or if you know anybody that's in the area, um, Glenn, how does somebody reach you if you want to know the details about how to, uh, when and where and how? Um, they could give me a call. Um, my personal phone number is 419-863-0498. And if you don't want to give me a call directly, the address of the place is 101 North Main Street, and that's in Salina, Ohio, Mercer County. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise the stakes a little bit, and I'm gonna make an <laughs> offer that anybody that comes out in court support for Glenn and, and or Peggy's hearing, I'm going to make an official member of the Human Solution, and you'll receive a solidarity ribbon on the house. So, just show up. You'll become a year-long member of one of the most amazing groups. Uh, out there without having to to uh, spend a penny, so um, that's good that's awesome. for the for this case. So let's go ahead and let's get some bodies in there. Um, Ohio, I know there's people. I know people in Ohio. Let's 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 start, you know, banging the the pots and pans. Let's start, 
you know, kicking the rocks a little bit. It's not that hard. And if you show up in court, I guarantee you, if you've never sat in a court hearing before, you will learn something. You will get inspired. You will become pissed off because of what really happens in our courtrooms. And it's not justice typically. But when we show up, and when we show up in enough numbers, we can demand that justice. We right. are auditing Absolutely. these cases. We're holding them accountable. <laughs> and trust me, today I would be a felon if it wasn't for the people that stood by me in my case. I would probably be out of prison by now, but I would have just gotten out of probably serving six to ten years for pot as a result of my case. And in no small part do I not have that problem because of all the people that stood by me. It makes a difference, folks. That's why I do it for others. I got a lot of paying it forward to do, uh, or paying it back, I guess. Hopefully it's not paying it forward anymore. Hopefully it's paying it back. So um, let's keep going, folks. All right. Um, anything else you wanted to add to this? Um, no, I, I just want to run through the, the number again. The phone number is 419-863-0498, and the address is 101 North Main Street in Salina, Ohio. How do you spell Salina? C-E-L-I-N-A. Got it. I don't think I would have guessed that. So, all right, folks. Um <laughs> Get out there. Let's support Glenn and Peggy, um, and let's make this happen. So, uh, Glenn, uh, as always, I appreciate you being here. Um, and, again, looking forward to watching this thing light up, and we're just going to keep showing up, and we're going to make it happen. Right on, right on. Thank you, Joe. You guys all have a great evening. All right. All right, up next we got Albert Thomas. Albert Thomas is in uh, Hawaii, and he's also a chapter coordinator of a brand-new chapter, and the focus of that chapter is court support. And Albert's got a case he wants to talk about, and let's see what's going on. Albert, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. This is a good show, by the way. Um, Thank you. Happy to be here. Had uh, a nice crowd out today at the Hilo Courthouse for Michael Doyle Ruggles, who is on trial. Oh, and he is actually representing himself <laughs> still. So oh, it, uh, it was a procedural um, the, that they, a procedural kind of thing they had today, a court hearing. Uh, they were supposed to start trial on January 16th. However, they vacated that. And the judge might even throw this out. He's looking things over a little more closely from some of the motions that Michael has made, and apparently it's got his attention. So um, I was just happy to see how many people actually showed up. He had like 15 or 20 people uh, from his pay well, management. That's fantastic. Yes. Well, you know, it, it makes a difference, and, and I can guarantee you, that judge has taken notice of all the support because, um, you know, as most people that have ever sat in a courtroom, um, it is not normal for there to be this kind of support. What's normal is that a defendant, and if he's lucky, an attorney show up in court and maybe a family member, maybe a loved one, but that's that's typically it. Even at a sentencing hearing, I've I've seen many people 
show up to be sentenced and had nobody standing by them, but in fact victims and victims' family members there standing up against them. So we always make a difference here. Albert, it's exciting to watch um, a successful court support, um, and I know this guy's doing a good job. He's got a, he's got a um, you know a, a, a close knit group of supporters, which is powerful. That's really kind of the key to it is um, people doing this on their own, and and you know we come in and we help. We help to uh, bring awareness to it. We help to support with ribbons. We do things to uh, bring attention to the case if needed. And if we really need to, we'll we'll put a rally together. So those are all the things that you know we bring to it. Well, it was really great today. I um, my package actually came yesterday with all of the court right. support, uh, the ribbons and the the pamphlets, the postcards. People really wanted that stuff too. Who were there? Oh, it was yeah. interesting that you know, and they all are like versed on jury nullification they're um really involved they're you know people uh, in the conversations we were talking about what's going on let's say like in congress tulsi gabbard has a bill she just introduced 1227 hr 1227 in federal i mean it's the in federal marijuana prohibition act and then in the senate there's a bill S1689, which is the Marijuana Justice Act. So, you know, I get excited when when, I, when people are actually bringing this information to me. It's not like I had to go looking for it. They're talking about it actively and, and looking at challenging their representatives. So I think it's something that we started with uh, the letter that we you put out, Joe, it, it seems like that's really catching on, and people are rallying to support what we're doing. Well, you know, it's all, uh, it, it's like a little forest fire, and unfortunately, you know, in California, I, 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 I don't use that analogy too often, but now that it's rained, I can get away with it. And, you know, the exuberance, the the energy, um, the, 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 the fire of our spirit, rather than an actual flame, uh, it's just as contagious. It's just as, uh, you know, it, it can travel just the same. It generates its own heat after a while. Um, it's just a matter of, of doing something and, and keeping it moving and letting it catch a little bit here and a little bit there. And before you know it, it takes on a life of its own, and I think we're starting to witness that. Absolutely, yes. Well, the next court date for Michael is January 30th. And so I really want to do all I can to pack that courtroom um, with more folks than what we had today. And we had a good crowd. So, Well, let's just we'll keep going. We'll it. keep talking about it. Um, Albert, how would somebody get a hold of you if they want to participate in your new chapter um, or learn more about this case? They can reach me by telephone at 808-731-6477. Of course, I'm, I'm on Facebook, and we have uh, a Facebook page for the Human Solution Big Island Cannabis Club. I'm, I mean, Big Island Court Support, <laughs> as well as I have the Big Island Cannabis Club, which I put a lot of information out 
through them. Excellent, excellent. All right, Albert. Well, as always, uh, we're, we're grateful that you're participating, being a part of the show and being a part of the team, and uh, we're just going to keep on building. I'm watching. It's exciting to watch this uh, take shape and, and, you know, to watch it continue to work. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Joe. Appreciate what you're doing. Folks, once again, Albert Thomas from our Hawaii Court Support Chapter. All right, um, we got Pete Yapel, Tom Corby, and um, we got Dolores Halbin that showed up. Dolores is a longtime friend of the show, and um, she doesn't always have a good connection and doesn't always have a, a lot of time that she can be here. So I'm going to bump her to the top, then we're going to go to Pete Yapel, then Tom Corby. Dolores, my friend, welcome back to the show. It's been a long time since we've talked. How are you doing today? Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on. I've got a clear signal. <laughs> the guys of cannabis seems to be with us. I'm glad it's happening so. now. Amazing show. I just agree with so much of what you guys have already said. There's no such thing as recreational cannabis right on. There isn't. You know, I, everybody smokes it for a reason or ingests now. I keep forgetting. I'm in a prohibition state, so here everyone just smokes. <laughs> You know, and you were talking yeah. about your trial. If it worked right. for, I was looking at five to fifteen years. So, Yahoo for our supporters. Exactly. Yeah, and you just benefited from a whole letter writing campaign not too long ago as well. I absolutely did. I'm still trying to wrestle those letters and all of my um, the other documents that Dan brought to my trial out of the office. God bless him. It's I understand they don't have a lot of time for after-the-fact stuff. I may have to drive to Columbia to get them, but they're a, a little bitty, teeny tiny office at the top of a tattoo parlor um, where you have to walk up like 25 steps, and it's Dan and his wife and a couple of gals there, and they just run this no-expenses overhead show so that they can take care of people like me across the state. Thank goodness. For him. Well, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm glad you, I wish there more of them, that's for sure. Yeah. So I had a couple ideas I wanted to bounce off of, of, of you and your audience and um, the other people that are in legal issues. Um, billboards. We have started using billboards in Missouri and Kansas, and they have drawn quite a bit of attention we have found them to be relatively in $1,000 to have a billboard made and about four to $600 a month to rent one. Um, so your initial investment is somewhere between $1,500, $2,000 at the max, which if you're looking at a defense of a defendant, that's not very much money in the big scheme of things, considering how much I spent on my legal defense when all was said and done as you and the rest of us, I'm sure. So, the idea here is, of course, jury nullification, but to put the dollars and cents up. You know, my name is Mark Pedersen. I was caregiver to Jack. You know, I made, you know, I, I didn't make anything. I volunteered. The state of Colorado has spent X number of dollars prosecuting me so far. Your tax dollars at work, jury nullification, you know, with this picture up there, and so on and so on and so forth, with each and every one of the people that we know that 
you know, a Craig Cecil. Hi, I'm Craig Cecil. I'm spending life in prison without the possibility of parole over marijuana. So far, you guys have spent X number of millions of dollars to keep me here. And show the money. Um, I got asked by the press the other day why marijuana is still illegal. And I said, well, let's Google it. So we did. And, of course, private prisons came up along with now pharmaceutical has jumped above private prisons for the first time since I've been Googling that question. And tobacco. And there's a whole new uh, push of commercials about the toxicity of tobacco on the air right now as part of the Philip Morris, one of their recent settlements. Well, um, we know that Sessions took the maximum allowable money from tobacco private prisons and pharmaceutical firms. And actually, uh, Stacy Swanson Krauss had a picture of the $2,000 refund that uh, Sessions' campaign had to send back because they had taken $2,000 more than they could from a pharmaceutical pack. So by by exposing the actual numbers and putting them on billboards around the country, um, I think that it would be a cheap and easy way to educate the entire public. Um, the This is an election year. So finding out... I don't know how to find out, and this is another thing I need from you, everyone out there. I don't know how to find out exactly how much money each one of the 535 Senate representatives have taken. The other day I saw a post on Curry, Burr, and Arubio and their numbers, but it was one of those shared, shared, shared posts, and I never could find out the author to find out, hey, buddy, how'd you find out that information? You know, so we need tech-savvy people to find out exactly how much each one of our 100 senators has accepted, how much each one of our 435 representatives have accepted. And then we need to put that out there for everyone to see across the United States on posters, on billboards, on bumper stickers, in any way that we possibly can. But by going to these sub um, I, there's a term for them. I forget what it is, but it's like a sub-media. Their billboards have always been kind of the cheap, <laughs> the poor man's way of advertising. But more people see them than anything else. Not everybody watches well, the not, news. They drive a big car. Just, that. I, um, just last night I watched this movie that was about a lady who put up three billboards and in the hopes of solving a, a, a rape and murder uh, case of her daughter. And it was an interesting movie, um, and certainly those billboards got a lot of attention. And we've talked about for years the notion of putting up a billboard. Uh, one of the issues that we have, but it's also a possibility that we've really not put effort into, is we're an all-volunteer organization. We're not really funded. We don't have a sugar daddy that dumps money at us, but we are a 501c3. So we could actually, in in solid uh, support of our mission, raise money tax-free, um, you know, give a tax write-off for that money, specifically for a billboard messaging um, project. I, and I we would, should be able to get a lot of um, Senate running people that are running for office 
we should be able to get money from campaigns to do this. If we find well, I tell you our... What. Go ahead. i tell you what, Dolores. I will personally uh, uh, engage this, but I'm going to ask you to personally engage it with me. And you and I can Absolutely. do this as a team effort, and maybe we can find a couple more people to help us. And let's let's dig into it. Let's make it happen. That's the kind of thing that I love is is a special project that... To me, I could, I could, hell, I could see a a, a beautiful message, a ribbon, um, uh, maybe yeah. a poignant question, an answer. All right, I got you. I got them. I got you hooked. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in. Well, let's talk after the show or tomorrow, and yeah. and let's let's engage this. Let's make it happen. There's one other thing that I think everyone can be doing, and that is an underutilized resource that we have never tapped in on, to my knowledge, that I survived on as a nurse, and that is students. Um, journalism students have to do an investigative journalism paper. Getting our local universities that have Students for Sensible Drug Policies groups, like Columbia, Missouri has a great one. It's SSDDP or something like that. Students for Sensible Drug Policy Reform. I met and with those guys uh, at the Netroot Convention. A good, yeah. good group of people. Good group. And every different kind of degree across the rainbow, well, we know that cannabis affects every profession. So no matter what a kid's degree or a young person or anybody's degree program is, they have to do a research paper. And if we can hijack some universities and get them to start doing their research paper just on cannabis-related um, law students, if we can get a decent brief out of a law student, you know, there's four different ways to sue the federal government. They're actually, when they signed on to this Rohrbach thing, uh, committed treason because it is, it is treason to not enforce federal law. So every one of these guys that signed that committed treason so unless they change federal law, um, sorry, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I get I get a little curious sometimes. Dolores, are, are you available tomorrow morning at nine o'clock Pacific time? Yeah, I am. I want you to call into our executive call, and let's we can bring this to life. Both of those things. Okay, well, message me the money. I mean, the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, message me some money, and yeah, I'm into this billboard thing. I'm ready to fundraise for this. Um, message me the number. I'll call in tomorrow. Great show. Thanks. I love you All guys right. so much. We'll, we're we're going to do this. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward Talk to it. All right, Dolores. Thank you so oh, much, oh. Dolores. Help. Okay. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Other... Whoops. Hold on. Damn hold on. It. Hold on. I just cut you off. Go on. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, if you can put the, the the last caller before that did his phone number and everything, I I didn't get any of that down. If you can put that up after the show oh, on your site, that would be great. If you got great. it, and yeah, we'll we'll yeah. we'll publish uh, all that. And also yeah. remember, the show is archived, so you can go back and listen to it. Well, it's being live streamed. Okay, take care. I'll hang up now. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. We'll talk tomorrow. Again, Dolores Halbin with the American Cannabis Nurses Association and an all-around incredible person. Um, all right, so let's bring up Pete Yapel. Pete Yapel is 
um, our actually our newest chapter coordinator from New York, and he's got a chapter that's focusing on education. And the thing that's kind of unique and amazing about Pete's chapter is that it's not built around a case. Most of the chapters that have ever been formed were formed because of a specific case that was being supported um, in one case or another, or uh, formed by somebody who had been through a case. I'd say probably 95% of all the chapters that have existed with the Human Solution have somehow had a case tied to them. Pete Yaple is a, a cannabis warrior, an educator, and, uh, and a motivator. And him and his wife, Helen, have been doing this on their own for a long time. They became part of the UCCA, and subsequently this, this year they both became 420 members, and now we've got a chapter. And the thing that's amazing about this chapter, again, is it's focused, it's focused on education. It's focused on the message, and that's really where our strength is. That's really what's going to get prohibition to end, not fighting each of these cases, although each case has its value, and frankly, we're here to do what needs to be done. But the big picture, just like Dolores is talking about, getting our message out there, getting people to know the truth about cannabis and, more importantly, the truth about cannabis prohibition and how screwed up it is and how it nearly doesn't help anybody but a couple of rich people. So anyways, Pete Yaple and probably his lovely wife, Helen, are about to join the show. Pete, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, evening, Joe. I'm actually just picking Helen up from work. I'm actually waiting for her to get out, uh, so she's not with us tonight. But listen, I, w- I want to put a couple things out there. I, I, uh, Glenn hit it on the head with the human solutions, and honestly, what attracted Helen and I to it was it was the human solution. This is a human rights organization that covers bands all over everything. And why that intrigued us is, see, a lot of people know our group, my group, you know, Cannabis Country, can we talk 420? Can we talk 420 radio? Well, 420. And that's the part it, it, about it is, as I keep saying, I, I just said 420 again. People call it that. That's not what it is. If you look at the name of our group, and if you look at our logo, our group's name is Can We Talk 42 and then the, the uh, letter O. Uh, we, wanted, we wanted, yes, cannabis is a huge focus to us because it does keep me alive. It is, it is what drives, you know, as Glenn said, it gives us some quality. No, it gives me quality of life. Without cannabis, I have no quality of life. But it's organic and and uh, and has to do with the earth. So we wanted our group to, yes, represent cannabis, but also represent everything else that we focus on. Our group focuses on environmental issues. Our, voice, our, our group focuses on civil rights issues. Our, our group focuses on everything. And that's what drew us closer to you. Plus, heck, me and you have the same ideals. No egos, let's just get it done kind of stuff. That's why when we took our solidarity, when we, when we took uh, solidarity over separation and made it a group, gave it a Facebook page so that we could even, like, we can educate. We have a place to do it and such. That's why it was important when we sent you the pictures today to, yes, incorporate all the stuff we got with the Constitution of the United States. Why? Because, listen, that's the way we're supposed to live. We're so far away from it. People have forgotten it, forget that they do have basic rights, forget that they have the right to fight and the right, the right for so many things in this country that we forget about because we're just so, 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 so confused. 
another thing that you were saying before is, and I got to agree wholeheartedly with you. I have a video. It'll be out online tomorrow. Uh, uh, I didn't post it today because it, it, it was. It was one of those ones like tonight you just fired up and in the heat of the moment. I mean, gosh, I got so many friggin' irons in the fire. If I was two octopuses, I wouldn't have enough friggin' arms. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I we, myself, could, we know, could start an octopus club. Exactly. But I said to myself, Joe, I said, like, you know, during the video most people are here is, you know, listen, this is the true message is I can't stop fighting and I can't stop doing this because if I don't, I can't rely on anybody doing it for me. Um, I, I honestly can't. I, I can't rely, I rely on uh, anyone else really to fight this fight but myself. So I figure if I give up, then it's all over for me. You know, so no matter how tired I get like you, no matter how much it is, I have to continue to devote, and I will continue to devote every bit of myself to, to this cause as well as as well as just the basic premise that everyone has to understand that we as human we as human beings, no matter where we are born, I don't care what part of the world we are born in, we have certain rights that are just simply human. And being able to survive, live the most healthy life that we are possibly able to live, it isn't it isn't something that's awarded to us. It, this isn't a privilege. Where we don't ask to come to earth. We are brought here. And being that we're brought here, this earth doesn't owe us anything. We owe the earth a little bit of something. But at the same time, we have basic rights and needs that should not, cannot, and, and will not in my, in my lifetime, if I have anything more to say about it, be tampered with or inhibited. Uh, uh, it's just something that can't happen. I'm glad you had Dolores on tonight. I had her on Monday night. Uh, I love the billboard idea. Everything takes money, though. We know this. But then there was another idea me and her spoke of um, on the radio. I wanted to share with you tonight. It's pretty much the real reason I called in, one of the real reasons I called in. Uh, and, and that is it is an election year. We do have 535 people that, that sit there and make decisions for us. We have more than that. I mean, there's the president, vice president, the attorney general, all of those that aren't counted. So what I took upon myself after my conversation with Dolores last night was to send an email to the Jack Hare Foundation. And I sent an email to Dan and said, listen, uh, what is it going to take me to get 600 copies of uh, The Emperor Wears No Clothes and send it to Washington uh, in a bulk packet? The, you know, addressed to all senators and government officials and have them take a read. And uh, after they take a read, uh, invite them. Please, there's a challenge at the end of this. <laughs> you want to make another hundred grand and grease your fat pockets more than you already do? Then prove us wrong. I mean, we, we have an opportunity to, if we could have that opportunity, to get this book in everyone's hands that's there every one of them, and say, come on now, if it, you're passing bills, and I've seen bills, I've seen laws, they're 17,000 pages long. If you, you're telling me you're obviously read through those to make educated decisions, you got, you got a couple hours of your life then to read that book as small as it is in comparison. I think that's a great idea. What did he say? Uh, I haven't got a response yet for him today. I just, I just emailed him this afternoon. So I'm going to try to figure oh. out, you know, 
you know, and what it's going to be. I mean, come on, listen, everything comes at a cost. It, does, it, it, it doesn't matter, even in the greatest organizations in the world, and, but, it, it, you know, that, pe- that people think. But it is a tool, and it is something I think that would be effective, especially like that, not mailing them off to each one of their offices. Have that shit 600 books in boxes drop right on the freaking front porch, you know, FedEx. Here you go. <laughs> Here they are. Let's read. And when you're done, now make an educated decision. I mean, you, you know, uh, it, money, uh, what Dolores was saying about pharmaceuticals and tobacco and big tobacco, and yes, and yes, and you're going to get that, and you're going you're to see the numbers. They'll be staggering, I'm sure, as to what these people pay back. The other side of that is this, though, is we're arguing for cannabis. At the end of the day, cannabis people are going to be – Line in these pockets of the same people that are getting their pockets lined at the end of the day. So the same argument could be made on the other side of it when it comes when it comes to fruition. But so I mean, yes, it's a good thing to point out, and yes, that'll stir up some stuff, and yeah, it'll be poignant to people. But they, you will have the smart people that'll say, "Hey, listen, good. Now you're you know now you're trying to introduce cannabis. It, it, it's going to be the same damn thing on the other end. You don't think people's pockets are going to get lined for this and to put push through?" Because, because that's how things get done in, in, in Washington, if people aren't too aware. Lobbyists aren't poor people or, or, or aren't there to not bring in money, um, uh, and the money against us is, is staggering. Um, so we have to fight it every way we possibly can. And to give them a free book, I think it's a great, great gift because, you know, the government's always stressing that reading is fundamental, and I believe that they should take a read themselves. Well, and, and it's an easy book to read. It's just got, you know, it's almost like an almanac. It's got all kinds of uh, little factoids and minute, small articles, and you know, and it's and it's based in truth. It's it's an accurate portrayal of of how cannabis became illegal, and you know, uh, not to mention all the merits about it. But it's an historical uh, accounting of these things with with sources. I, so um, I think yeah, it's a I great idea. You get a couple of them to read it. Um, you know, maybe it would have an impact. Absolutely, absolutely. I think. It, I mean, hey, listen, it can't hurt, can it? It's it, to, to to me. It can't Hell, hurt. if we could get the things uh, printed and shipped, and uh, and we could get even a couple of allies out of it, it would be a worthy venture. Absolutely, especially because listen, there already are a lot of allies. There's people speaking up out there. There's Cory Booker and people. I mean, there's people that are speaking up, but. I think the more and more uh, people, I mean, uh, I, I think the more and more people that would take a moment to read, like you're saying, read something very easy to read. I've read that book a few times myself, and I don't read a lot of books. I mean, I read a lot of articles and, and, and things like that. But with part of the problem I have is keeping the concentration and staying there. But I could stay there with that book. Even if I did put it down, it read right back real quick anyway. So I, I think that if people actually had that, it's real easy read. It's not crazy. Uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. And it, if they can see how easily it's put, how lay and lay terms it can be put, then that's really truly how easily the plant works and, and works for people in many many facets. And let's let's not forget the whole let's not forget the whole uh, material and and uh, material side of of hemp, of hemp and cannabis. I mean, gosh, the the things we could make and save money and and environmentally how 
wonderful as it cleans soils up and, and such after all these spills and radioactive materials and stuff. We could be cleaning soils and putting them back to where they were ten year, you know, in a 10-year period. It sounds like a 10-year period sounds a long time, but if you let that stuff sit there, it never gets better. So, you know, I mean, there, there's just the, the plant is just a miracle plant in so many ways. It does so many things for us. And and for people to continue to continually uh, be thrown in jail and uh, that's the crime is for them to be thrown in jail and I just can't get past that Joe I don't want to take up a lot more time from you guys tonight thank you so much uh, for your guys support of everything we do you know we'll continually be there to support you uh, and the Human Solutions. Uh, and uh, and Willow Creek and everything that you've got going on, Joe, and and, and that goes within the community. I'll say aloha to to uh, uh, aloha to Albert. Congratulations too to Glenn uh, to Glenn and his wife for uh, finding out they're going to be grandparents today. Uh, I saw him post a sonogram. Uh, yeah, so I want to I want to put out some congratulations to those guys for that as well. Through all this heartache, at least they've got some happiness and joy. Uh, Heath. I'll see you at the meeting tomorrow morning, and um, thanks for, again for the time on the air, Joe. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Pete. Once again, people uh, with our new New York chapter and uh, a rising star in the organization, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, here we go. Uh, Tom Corby with the NorCal Report, and that's going to wrap the show up for us. So um got some exciting things going on. I'm going to be visiting Tom Corby next week. Tom, welcome to the show. Tom Corby. Ah, crap, we did it again. Let's try Donna. Donna, is Tom there? Yeah, Tom's here, but he just got in from Chico. But I'm okay, here. Well, all right. You want to give the NorCal report? Gee, I don't really have a whole lot to. They're not busting anybody up here lately. We're just kind of getting rained on, and uh, and uh, I'm just listening to you and how good everybody else is doing and bad. And uh, uh, yeah, Tom should be. He should be down. He's downstairs, and I could yell, but. Uh, he had you on. He's carrying the radio around, but uh, you know, nice signal. Tom, why don't you go on up and and borrow Donna's phone for a second? I'll stay on. You know, Donna, we're coming up to visit you guys next week. Yeah, I know. I just I just told uh, Mary and Mike that you were coming, and she didn't know, but she'd like to see <laughs> you Nobody too. Nobody knew. You guys are the only ones yeah. that knew. Now everybody. <laughs> oh, maybe there's Tom. Yeah, am I on, Joe? Yes, you are. Oh, I just got home from shopping. <clears throat> I'm still, I don't have much of a voice. I always want to don't thank you, Joe. Remember that. <laughs> uh, always thankful for Joe and Harry, Lisa, and Becca, and all those on the front lines. And all the great speakers today coming together to join hands and be the solution to finally end this failed war on cannabis. I, I've been using cannabis for 50 years. Uh, in the first place, it gives me a, an overwhelm feeling of well-being. Uh, I actually feel 
more normal when I get the cannabinoids my body needs. Uh, Joe's, Joe and uh, Liz are coming up uh, next week, as he said. Uh, that's the 18th and 19th of uh, this month. They'll be staying overnight uh, on the Thursday night, the 18th. I'll be here the 19th if folks want to stop by and connect with Joe. And uh, don't have a whole lot to say. Like Donna said, we don't have many cases up here now in NorCal. Why is that? Because of coming together with the human solution, with court support, advocating for defendants. And it's always so important for defendants to make sure that all their motions are filed and it always comes, Joe will agree here, with the 995 dismissed motion on probable cause. Uh, most cases are going away right here and always take them on to a speedy trial. And uh, most of uh, your PDs, uh, they uh, or only want to make you a plea deal because they get three times as much money when they deal you out. So our mindset, Joe always says, we always take them on to trial. If more people would do that, we wouldn't be here today. They can't do it. Costs them millions of dollars. Even Joe's case, my case, what, how many millions of dollars did it cost them for our six free trials? So I think we really have the momentum to find the end prohibition. Uh, I even see now that there's a majority of people who want to recall uh, Jeff Sessions. He is uh, back in the dark ages, uh, and uh, we need to let our representatives know how we feel about our medicine. I want to thank everybody today again, and uh, thank you, Joe. And Donna would say, uh, don't forget to breathe. Thanks, Joe. All right, Tom, thank you. I look forward to you next week. All right. All right, that was Tom Corby with the NorCal Report. Okay, well, next week um, we do have a special guest. Uh, George Martorano is going to actually be in-house, um, and he'll be doing the show live with me. Uh, George served 32 years in federal prison for pot, and uh, he was released about a year, a little more than a year ago, and um, he's going to be staying with us for a couple of days, and he'll be doing the show with me next week, and then uh, we'll be heading up north for a couple of days. So I want to thank everybody who's made this show possible. I want to thank our screener, Noncompliant Mary, for showing up and getting the job done. She's doing a great job. Uh, I want to thank all of the speakers, um, all of our chapter coordinators, and everybody who joined the show. Um and I want to thank the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network for giving us a voice. And, of course, my vice president and um, videographer, Lisa Wooldridge. I want to thank her for doing this. And, of course, Becca, just for being Becca. So, um, all right, you folks, I will talk to you all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Have said and done. You were always on.